Hey, everybody. This is the final part of Martin and I's conversation about Jesus's exclamation from the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We hope it's helpful and hope you enjoy. Help us explore what what Jesus is teaching us by saying this, what the authors of the Gospels are trying to teach us by recording this. On one level, Jesus is teaching something about being the Messiah, right? He's proving that that's who he is. He's referring back to this specific psalm so that people would look at it and say, that's what the Messiah was supposed to do. That's that's part of it, is he's saying, this is what the Messiah was supposed to do, and here he is doing it. It's, on one level, proof of Messiahship. On the other level, there's probably more than two levels. When you glance over this, right, you read through it just really quick, and you read Jesus saying this. And we don't, you know, me and Jason talked about this, we don't think that God turned away from him. We don't We don't think this. We know that Jesus in the garden is given an opportunity to escape this, and he says, no, this is something I have to do. He's aware that this is going to happen to him. But he, at this time, as he's dying, because right after this, it says he breathed his last breath and he died, right? I think part of it is talking about what's what's happening, right? And so in First Peter or Second Peter, there's a reference to Jesus going down to the pits of Hades to preach to the, the people of Noah's time, the unrighteous, basically. And I think that could be part of it. He's saying, Lord, why are we going different directions? Right. Which isn't really like a question. He knows what he's doing. But I think it's a reference to that. He's moving to a place that is less holy for a couple days. Uh, And he's preaching the gospel. He's preaching repentance and salvation to the people of Noah's time, which we know everybody in Noah's time was wicked. Hence why God killed everyone but eight people. Uh, But... I think that it's a reference to that movement. It's not a, it's not a, something that I really have seen other people talk about. I think it's an idea. I don't know that it's true, but it's something I like to think, you know, I don't think that God turned away from Jesus. I don't, I don't know what else he would be doing besides talking about this, honestly. And so Jason might have a much better explanation than I do. I think overall, he's kind of showing humanity. He's saying to, like I said before, I think he might be empathizing with us or creating a situation where we might empathize with him. I remember when we were at uh, Bible college before Jason and I were friends, you know, that was forever ago. Uh, I was, there were some people that really just like wanted to be heard. And so they were like, well, let's do communion. Let's do communion in this place uh, as group. And they you know, some people would be like, well, what's going on with you guys? Well, let's talk. Let's figure out, you know, how you guys are doing. And one of, one of the guys says, I just, I feel like, I feel like God's not with me. Like, I know it's not true. I know that he is, but I feel far away from him. And I don't, I don't know why. I don't know what I'm doing, but it's just, it, he doesn't feel with me. And I think that could be part of what Jesus is doing.
I think he's trying to create a situation where when we feel that, we may empathize with him. And that's pretty much my three reigning theories. Yeah, I've never heard anyone argue before that Jesus going down, and I'm not super familiar with the verse, but if I recall correctly, I think it's worded, at least in the NIV, is like going down to the pits or something like that. And I'm not sure. Is the Greek word Tartarus there? Martin's figuring it out. All right. And Martin's going to keep looking. The only verse that I found says the spirits in prison, which is interesting. Um, podcast for a different day, but there are various terms used to denote different spiritual planes sound so pagan that's not but i can't think of a better way to say it uh different locales that are not earth where various spirits go to be whether like jesus calls the intermediate state for human souls paradise uh tartarus is normally used to describe the place where fallen angels or where demons are punished whereas various words for hell are used to describe punishment for humans that have not repented and turned to Yahweh and then heaven is wherever God is. So it's not, you die and you go to heaven, you die and you go to paradise. And then when Jesus returns to earth, earth and heaven become the same place. Revelation calls it the new heavens and the new earth. And then you live on heaven earth with Jesus. Anyways, different podcasts for a different time. I think that stuff's really cool and really important, but yeah, I've never heard somebody argue before that Jesus is, why are you forsaking me, is why do I have to go to that place where the spirits are in prison? And I just don't know enough to comment one way or the other. So I'm just going to say, oh, that's really interesting and give my take. My take is kind of twofold. One, Psalm 22, like most lament psalms, ends with an, ex an exclamation of trust. And I do think, and this is not not all even conservative theologians are going to agree on this because some are going to say, oh, by taking this stance, you're undermining Jesus's anguish. And I'm going to kind of say, well, it, it's it's not that Jesus is saying this and it's kind of winking and nodding and saying, I'm not actually sad, guys. I have complete trust in the father and therefore I am joyful in the midst of being tortured. Like that's not necessarily the entirety of what he's saying. But Psalm 22 does end with this claim of trust in Yahweh that Yahweh will, you know, do the right thing and will bear out justice and will show this suffering person to be righteous. I do think that's in the background of what Jesus is saying, but also the direct easiest understanding is just Jesus is suffering and he quotes the scriptures, a very emotional Psalm and says, I am suffering God, father, why are you allowing me to suffer? If you have ever been in a situation where you are just suffering, whether it's something that's happened to you, you've lost a dear family member, there's a friend that's gone through something horrendous, and it's just hitting at a part of your soul that doesn't get touched very often. You know, like just one of those. I'm not saying it happens often to me, it doesn't. But every once in a while, you know, two, three, four times in my in my life as a adult or <laughs> the larval form of an adult at college, right? where you're kind of you're sitting there and you have this immense pain and frustration and even even an anger at God this like how could you let this happen how could you turn away how you could have fixed this situation and you didn't 
but also in the background, like you've trained, you've been trained by others. You've trained yourself to trust in the Lord. And so kind of in the back of your mind at the same time, you're like, but I still trust you. And so there's this really weird juxtaposition of like complete trust in Yahweh and like immense frustration with him. And those two things can live in the same space. And if Jesus was fully human, I have no problem with saying on the cross when he quotes the beginning of Psalm 22, he means the whole Psalm, but he fully means the whole Psalm. He doesn't just mean, oh, I trust in Yahweh so much. And he doesn't just, I mean, he is Yahweh, but you know what I mean? He's not just saying, well, I trust in the other members of the Trinity a ton, so I'm not worried. But he also doesn't just mean, oh, I'm suffering and I hate everything. He means both. He fully means, you know, Father, why have you forsaken me? But he also fully means, Father, I do trust you in spite of this suffering. So both can be true. And it gives us, I think, a good model for how to suffer and lament that you can feel frustration and trust in the Lord at the same time. You can fully feel your suffering and still fully believe that God is the righteous judge that will make things right. So Martin, at this point, is there any last minute things that you want to tag on before we sign off here? Last thing I really want to say is you know it's fine to have different interpretations of this as well there's mm -hmm. there's lots of good christians who believe very different things about this there's lots of good christians who believe very different things about a lot of different things and we've we've said this before it's not something that you really need to have sorted out to be a christian but it's something that is going to affect how you worship. So that's really my little tag on to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately we live in a world that firmly believes if you disagree with someone on something that you're passionate about, whether it's a political stance or a religious stance or whatever, that you have to hate each other. And that is just patently untrue. Um, I work with a lot of people either directly like at my church where we know we disagree with one another and we're okay with that or whether it's like more indirectly like martin and i don't agree on everything but that's fine we can still work with one another and honor one another as you know human beings made in the image of god made to reflect the character of god like that's fine so totally you can disagree with us this is not like a central issue of the faith but uh it's a good passage to explore and even just the Ex the exploration of the passage is God honoring. It's going to draw you closer to Jesus, just trying to pursue this knowledge about him. So thank you guys so much for joining us here today. We hope this was helpful. If you have any other like passages or verses or topics that you want us to cover, uh, please just hit us up on Facebook. We are pocket theology on Facebook, or you can email us at real pocket theology at gmail.com. Uh, we really appreciate you spending time with us. Please share this if it was helpful and uh, we'll see you Rate back here. Five stars. Give us five star ratings. Yes. And uh, we'll see you back here next week. Thanks guys.